Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to the CBC Wisdom Hour, episode number 157 for Tuesday, November 16th, 2021 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I am Steve Witchell in New Orleans. And I'm Tony B, the fabulous <laughs> T, coming to you from New Jersey. Did you get at all that? 8 p.m. EDT. Yes, just saying the time so you know if you're watching it live or you're watching the replay, because people will comment watching the replay and not understand why we're not responding live, but it's because they're watching a recording and it, or it's a 12 hour tape delay. So they something can like that. It. Yeah. But if you are in Either here way. watching live, which a bunch of people are already come on in and say, hello, tell us where you're from. And uh, we will uh, acknowledge your presence and your gift to the world, whatever that may be. Let us know. What is your gift to the world? Is that the question for this week, Steve? No, but I did ask a question. What is the, your gift to the world? No, but that would be a good question. That's a just a general question, though. That is a general question. But what is your gift to the musical world? You know, the musical world. Yeah. Um, and as always, too, if you're watching on the Facebook group, you need to click the link in the description. The description that lets Streamyard show your name. That's all it does. It's not going to take your email or or call you in the middle of the night. Because uh, somebody from Alabama, Facebook user, says hello. And uh, we don't know who it is. But hello from Alabama. It's a state next door to me. Hey, uh, so. Actually, actually on the other side. From uh, a couple of weeks back, the question, right? Why do we play music? So I was talking. No, to, no remember we asked the question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I was talking to my dad about it. And. He wants, this is his quote that he said, you know, because he's not on Facebook, but if he was, this is what he would have said. Okay, so let me read it real quick for you. Okay. Music is an art form. You either have it or you don't. You're either drawn to it or not. However, music is not taught, but conceived. Ooh, pretty deep. I like it. Yes. So he want me to offer that up. That Facebook user has identified herself as Vicky Bailey. Vicky Bailey, come on down. Yes. Um, and as always, we are streaming in the Cover Band Central Facebook group on the Cover Band Central Facebook page and on the YouTube Cover Band Central channel, which you should subscribe to. There's a link also in the description. Click that link. Click subscribe so you know when we go live and you can see all the wonderful videos we've done in the past. And be There's up many to date on all the latest wisdom, 157 hours worth of wisdom. Yes, there's many of them. And just people coming in new now, let us yeah. know who you are, where you're from. Say hello in the comments. We will see that and we will acknowledge Hola, you. Steve. So, um, howdy. It was only five days ago that we did our last episode because we did yes, it. Yes, we're, we're, you know, what we're doing is we're staggering them then now so we get more episodes in per capita. So, over the course of the year, you know, we might actually get like 56 or 57 episodes in. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that are downloading it, listen to the, listening to the audio. So we yeah. thank you for one. We've been doing this now for Gracias. four years. It was, uh, I'm going to quiz you on wow. this because I just looked it up. I, I wanted to know when our starting date was. Do you remember? Our starting started? date was yeah. February 22nd, 2017. That is incorrect. It was April 5th. 2017 so okay. we have to remember that close okay we have to remember that when april 5th comes up again because it'll be the five-year anniversary five-year anniversary wow um, but for those who, who for those who listen to the audio and that's all they do again we thank you but you can see this on video in the aforementioned places facebook group page and youtube it's so, much more entertaining too, and it costs a lot more money to make this. So I know it does. Just the lighting over here, just the lighting alone, and plus I got like seven or eight guys and a, a girl back there working. Very lighting hard. alone, it's thousands yeah. of dollars. Kevin's in uh, Big time. Ireland, over in the UK, He's playing drums there. Excellent. Uh, yes. Abel is from Ethiopia. Welcome, proudly waving the flag. And Jamie is in Wichita, Kansas. Jamie comes by. All the time. Marion's in Massachusetts. Hi, Marion. Welcome aboard to the Caribbean Central NA. ABC. CBC family. Hour. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so five days ago, not much has happened different to me. How about you? Anything? Um, 
Yeah, well, I have a bunch of gigs coming up. I'm playing Sunday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then the following Friday of the, of the following week. And then the following oh, Sunday. So, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean that. Sorry. <laughs> he said, because I said UK about Ireland. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. About... Parties. You, you're playing. Yeah, a no, I got a bunch of gigs coming up. So like four or five gigs in the next two to three weeks. So we mm. can talk about that kind of fun stuff too. Right. Yeah. Ireland has nothing to do with the UK. I'm sorry. I'd show my American ignorance right there. Yes, you did. <clears throat> Craig says season's greetings or whatever. What's up, Craig? He's a, he's a frequent listener, watcher. Um, so the only thing, did, did you see the thing about Brass Against in the news? About what? The, the band Brass Against? No. All right. I will tell you about it. Please tell uh, me. Because this article in the video has been getting shared on CBC a, a lot in the last couple of days. Um I, I have to get, I'm going to bring up the article because I want to get more details about this. But Brass Against is a, um, a, a cover band. They play, they, they have horns, a lot of horns and stuff, and they play big rooms um, and they tour and stuff. They're, they're, they're a big deal, uh, but they play like rock, hard rock music. So they play like it, Rage Against the Machine was one of the first ones they started with. That's how they got the... And it's all brass with horns, almost like a big band version. Um, and but they have vocals, but they're really good. I mean, they have videos out there that are just tremendous. So, um, okay, so I'll read, I'll read the article. Um, so since you don't know anything about this, and then we can talk about it, other people do, so they're gonna have something to say, but um. A uh, police report was reported in Daytona, Florida, after Brass Against singer Sophia Arista called a fan onto stage, had him lie, lie down, then seemingly urinated on, on his face as the band played. The incident occurred November 11th when the mostly brass band, the hard rock hits, was performing the Rage Against Me when she auditioned voice in the scene on video. To a new form of live streaming. Hmm. Well, talking about live I was streaming, disgusted by it. <laughs> you're, you're, you keep freezing up, and your audio is getting all distorted. Okay, like I'm right now, you're to, frozen. I forgot to plug you're in frozen. my. You're like frozen okay. man, Steve. You're frozen. You must okay. plug something I know, in. I, to unfreeze yourself. I know. Oh, good, I didn't plug Steve. In You're my still Ethernet. frozen. Still frozen, Steve. Shh. I know. I didn't plug in my Ethernet, and uh, my computer is slowing down. But I got. I had to close that page because that's what was freezing it up. Anyway, but yeah, the okay. story is this. You're still good, frozen, right? Steve. No good audio. No, still no good. Frozen. What? Frozen. I'm not frozen on my end. Now um, you're not frozen. Now you are unfrozen. Okay. All right. The, so the story is this band, Brass Against, they play their... Yep, I got the whole gist of it. I caught parts of it enough to understand that. So did the fan, is the guy who was the recipient of the, of the alleged urination, the one filing the complaint? Like he wasn't anticipating that to happen to him when he got... No, it looked... Stage. I don't think he so. He was going to like dance around or something. <laughs> He's getting pissed on. I don't think so. I saw the video and looked like he willingly laid down on stage and knew what was coming. And it's it's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to get so, your cover, yeah, cover band in the news. Absolutely. Right front page on that one. But maybe someone's going to jail for that. or paying a lot of money. Hope Brass is making big bucks because that's probably cost him some cash. I don't know. Either way, it's a, just the smell alone would be so, nasty. Wait, so who's bringing the lawsuit against them? No, it was uh, a criminal charge. Yeah, who's 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 bringing the, the venue? Maybe I, I don't know. I'm not going to open it again because oh I'm wow, okay. Again. I'll I'll investigate it on my own and then we can we can circle back on it. Yeah, but other people it's, saw it. That's wow. That's so. What's Kevin, CBC? He said he <laughs> saw the video. Crazy bitch. Uh -huh. Um. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's. Uh, 
but yeah, it got them in the news, and they are really good. They're 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 top notch players. Um, I wonder so, why they would do that. It'd be interesting to find out why. Maybe she was drunk. Maybe. Um, Maybe and, she really had to go to the bathroom bad. She didn't want to leave the stage. It appears that she did when you see what's coming out of her. You're like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> it was like a bucket. <laughs> Just being. Bummer, rough. man. Let's, and was the dude happy about it after it happened? Did he get I up and be like, you know, in front of the stage? Or, or did he I don't run? Know. Or, it doesn't. I, I stopped it. need to see the behind the scenes footage of that. I, someone's, I had, someone's got it on their, on their iPhone somewhere. I didn't say I, no. It's on YouTube. It's on no, but I mean the behind the scenes footage, like all the entire thing. Oh right, 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 right. Because someone's always taking video of something. Right. Yeah, and Craig said it's crazy that Brass Against states that their mission statement is to inspire social and personal change. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. It could be life changing. Yes. Facebook user says Tony B. Hey, what's up? Facebook hey user. Now. Yeah, Facebook Steve, if, you're, if you're please tell that Facebook user how does he get to how do we get to see their name? If you're watching in the Facebook group, you need to click on the link in the description that lets StreamYard show your name. That's all. Easy. Easy peasy. All right. So um that was a big news story. And I thought, you know, it's it's I it's funny, it's silly, but it's kind of cool that there's a cover band in national news. How, like Howard Stern was talking about it. You know, they, there you go. They, See, it's opening the door for all others to follow. So by whatever means, get yourselves out there. Yeah. And when she, the Sophia heard about the police report or the, 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 the criminal charge, she said, somebody said to her, Ooh, you're in trouble now. Oh yes. You're in trouble. Get it. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, Yes, the question this week, I went with your suggestion, mm -hmm. which that you suggested last week, which was, uh, what was the best gig you ever played? Simple as that. Um, and I asked this a couple hours ago, and we, we have a multitude of responses. So, as we always do, we're going to go through and look at your answers in the Cover Band Central group and discuss. And if you want to answer the question, if you haven't seen that post, and you're watching live right now, you want to answer that question, just answer that question, and we will read it live as well. And we're what, going to answer that question what, too, Steve, at the end. Yes. What was the best gig you've ever played? So, shall we? Yes. Now, wait, before we hang on one moment. Okay. Best could be defined by so many different factors, right? The greatest performance, the best venue, like the most perks, just the overall experience you know it could also be the best gig in the in matter that you saw something incredible happen or some kind of occurrence transpired while you were there which wasn't necessarily the highlight of your performing career but was something so memorable that you say that was definitely one of the best gigs i ever played certainly so there's a lot gig. of criteria yeah. so i'm interested to see what the answers are because i'm sure they're going to be just as varied as the the criteria i hope so because I have not, I have not looked at them yet. So let's check it out. Here we go. All right, made the text nice and big again, so we can all see it. What was the best gig you ever played by Steve Witchell two hours ago? Uh, Mark Gregg says a wedding that was attended by Robert Plant and Dee Snyder. Both yeah. of them, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister. Both of them sang with us and hung out all afternoon and evening, telling hilarious stories. Wow. And wow, I would love yeah. to see pictures of that, Mark, Greg. I would have loved to have been there. Yeah, been there. And I would I want to see proof of this because why are Robert Plant and Dee Snyder at a wedding that you attended? Who was getting married? Where was it? I want to know all of these. Wait, things. was he attending the wedding or was he playing the wedding? He, was he says a wedding that was attended by Robert Plant yeah, and so, Dee Snyder. Yes, yeah, so he was in the band, so he was performing. I guess he was performing. Both of them sang with us. Yes. Okay. He was performing. There you go. So, yeah. So, uh, who's he friends with that's friends with them? Or maybe they're a friend of a friend. Of a friend, you know? I don't know. I have three mutual pretty cool. friends Michael J. Clark Suter. Okay. Moderation alert. Um, all right. So, that's a that's a cool start off right there. Best gig you ever played. 
Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. If I played a gig and Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin was there, that's it. I don't need to play anymore. And even D. Snyder. D. Snyder's great. Um, Jim Greenos says the Cleveland Art Institute on Halloween, the costumes were amazing. Nice. Costumes were amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Walter Stanley says. Yes. Walter Stanley says opening for Camelot to a sold out show. I don't know what Camelot is. Do you? It's a band. Do you know them? Are you familiar with them? No. Neither am I. Um, Bruce Power says the next one. So he hasn't had a, his best gig yet, I guess. That is the question. The best gig. See, so it's like the next one. So it's it's either the elusive chase of the best gig or he's having so many best gigs that he's looking forward to the next one being the best. The next one will always be better. Yes. Good perspective to have, you know? Yes. Um, uh, Vic JM said World Cafe Live main stage in Philly fronting a Steely Dan band. I guess Steely Dan tribute band. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I feel like I've been there. World Cafe Live in Philly. I don't know. I've been to a few places in Philly. Uh, James Bruno said probably a gig that wasn't showed up to a gig. Owner had a private party going on in the back room. They had a pianist playing and we would have drowned him out. Owner paid us and fed us dinner without us ever un unloading a piece of gear. That's that's good. <laughs> that's see that's a good criteria for best right there that's a pretty good the best was we didn't play but didn't we got play, paid and we got we got paid and we ate and had you know had as if we had played great time right um so let's check in on some of the live oh here's mark he says yeah. he says he has a pick excellent picks yeah it was in cathedral <laughs> city california and he was playing in the band Super cool. See, man. It's oh, okay. It was it was Phil Carson of Atlantic Records, Atlantic Records' son's wedding, so big deal. So yeah, Atlantic mm. artists like like Zeppelin and Twisted Sister. Yeah, we were there. Craig Gill played Monsters of Rock. I think he told us this already. Yes, Moscow, Monsters of Rock, maybe. Moscow, ninety-one. It was like ten million people or something. He said. Um. Uh. Boom. Best cover band show patronized, hands down, was Leonid and Friends, a Chicago tribute. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Um, Facebook user says we opened for recycled percussion a couple times this summer. It was cool. We got a huge tip. Nice. Not familiar with that band either. Uh, okay. Mark said, best gig ever played our company holiday party in Seattle's Wamu Theater. Only 4,700 of our colleagues and their friends. The CEO sang one of our songs, so they had to have us. No choice. Had to have you. Good, Good place to be. Yep. All right. Let's continue. Uh, okay. So Tabitha Nichols says, my next one and then the next. The ones I remember... Most are the benefit concerts. Bass player mm. here. Um, Stephen Richard Clark opening for John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. There you go. That's that's sharing the stage with royalty. Looks like a drummer as well. Yes, drums. Uh, Mike Curtis is just so gleeful about his whole thing. He says, "There's too many to call one the best." So there's all great. Okay, David Carlisle. I still play some good ones, but then nothing has surpassed a battle of the bands in my high school days. Clarence Clemens and Max Weinberg from the E Street Band were the judges. There were six bands. When we won, we got to do a 15 minute jam with them on Twist and Shout. 15 minute Twist and Shout. Wow. The 1,000 plus people in the auditorium went ballistic. It was out just outside Asbury Park, New Jersey, which helped. Being as that's the area that made them famous. So that it yeah. is. Stone Pony, baby. Have you played the Stone Pony? I've never played Stone Pony, no. I played Stone Pony twice. Twice. It was a really... Um, it was a great gig. You know, you've been there though, right? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool room. It's 
the location is cool, you know, right by the, the water. I think and, the uh, best show I ever saw there was Dream Theater when they first they first started touring Images and Words. Okay. Early on the tour. Great, I, great I, show. I think I did see Dream Theater once too. Not there though. Long time ago, man. I saw Dream Theater. Yeah, we saw, I saw them there. And real quick, funny story, like you said about best gig. Funny experience was me and my buddy, it was the bleachers. You know, Stone Pony had the bleachers that went up the back. When you walked, you mean, no, you walked in. When we saw Dream Theater, you walked in, and there was bleacher seating up to the left, a huge oh. floor area, and the stage was to the right. So we got, got there early, and we were sitting up like a couple of tiers above everybody so we could see a great vantage point. Then it started filling up. So as the night's going on, we see this guy down in the front. It's a pretty big guy, and he's he's lighting up a joint, and he starts smoking it. And from where we're sitting, we see this other two guys look over there. They have a little conversation amongst themselves. And the one guy walks up to him. You can hear the guy saying loud, like, put that out right now. You're not allowed to smoke that in here. You're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You know, i got to take this and confiscate. He took the guy's joint after the guy put, put, put it out, took it from him, gave him like a reprimanding, walked away, back into the crowd. As that transpires, he goes back to his friend. And lights up the joint and starts smoking it with his buddy. <laughs> the guy that just got taken from the joint pulls another joint out of his pocket and lights it up. So there you go. I thought it was interesting that the guy had balls to just walk up to a complete stranger and steal his lit joint. Right. That's funny. Yeah. What is the lesson that we've learned here, kids? Always bring more than one joint. Yes. Or have so much self-confidence that you'd be willing to do almost anything and not give a shit. Johnny Fever is back. He said he met Phil when he managed Jason Bonham. It did sound for Jason. He was pretty starstruck when he met Phil. Phil. Yeah. Phil. Phil who? Phil. Oh, Phil. Uh, Spectre. Managed Jason Bonham, probably. Um, Nikki Frank just said hi, guys. Hi, Nikki. Welcome. What's up? Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Steven played Barrett Jackman's wedding back in 2007. Pretty much the entire St. Louis Blues team was there and the owners. Mm. So a lot of tall people. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, Phil, Phil Carson was Phil. Okay. Sorry. I, I had to guess. Okay. All right. Back to Facebook. So Eddie Hopkins just said 1,700 people, so that was a gig. Didn't matter who he was with or what they were playing. It was all about the crowd. Patrick Contreras said he opened for B.B. King. Talk about royalty, man. Mm. It's royalty in his name, King. That's pretty cool. B.B. the King. I never saw B.B. King. I would have loved to have seen him. Um, Eric also said the next one. So we got mm -hmm. a lot of positivity happening. Yeah, I love it, man. The next one. Always striving for the best. Yes. Jeff Rat Sass Coley said either opening for the Greg Allman Band or opening for Mark Farner back in the mid-80s. In the mid-90s, opened for Blackfoot. That was a great show. I wonder if Neil was in the band then. Uh, but bands, including mine in the 80s, really worked harder at putting on professional shows. And I love that we did too, man. You know, Tony and I have talked about that a bit about how much effort we used to put back into doing shows and uh, putting set lists together and even like choreography oh, yeah. on stage and what you're yeah. wearing and all that, that stuff that's gone by the wayside. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said for that, to have a show, you know, or like we would used to do as group songs together, you know, where you go one to the next or have, you know, segues or medallies and, you know, having, like you said, like Medley. a show, you know? Yes. Yeah. So those were always great shows too. Um, yeah. Back in the, the olden days. Okay. Um, William Brink opening for Tom Gant. It's cool. Ronnie Meyer said opened for Primus once before they were signed. Nice. Uh, very nice. To hear Les Claypool in person would have been pretty cool. 
I saw Primus once or twice, at least once. They were great. Uh, Where did you see them? I saw them at, it was at uh, Waterloo in 1993 or four. It was Lollapalooza. Um, and uh, it was Rage Against the Machine, Primus, Alice in Chains, uh, uh, Rusted Development, uh, uh, Fishbone. It was really good, man. It yeah, was a good lineup right there. Yeah, it was an incredible day. It's one of the my favorite concerts that I've ever been to. Yeah, it was just a beautiful day in Jersey. It was uh, Waterloo is is this big kind of grassy ground, wide open area in in uh, kind of western North Jersey. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I used to go up there to just shoot pictures and stuff, um, but they they used to have shows there that I don't think they do anymore. I don't think they have for a while. No. But yeah, it was Lollapalooza. It was 90, it had to be 93 or 94. Yeah. Um, and that was the lineup. It was, yeah, it was Rage, Primes, Alice in Chains. Because um, around was, that same time was when Jane's Addiction. It was, Alice oh, Porno Chains, for Pyros. Right? Yeah, Por yeah, it was yeah. Porno for Pyros that played too. Yeah. Perry Farrell's band. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember who else, but those were the, the Fishbone. Like Fishbone, I, I had never really heard seen fishbone and they were like pff, ridiculous uh vinnie salato's here vinnie it's happening brother how are you steve and tony we're, we're good buddy we're excellent um all right so uh let's go back to what else you got i have a i have a lot of buttons to press well now we know vinnie's out there vinnie what's the best gig you've ever played yes he can tell Let us, us know. live live in the chat. Uh, uh, Dylan Callahan said Dylan Amphitheater. Dylan spelled differently in Dylan, Colorado, with the machine. That's a Floyd tribute band, I believe. Yeah. Um, Glorious circumstances, hair blowing in the wind. Diesel, Claire Brothers, PA, majestic backdrop, thousands of people, and Pink Floyd music. There you go. That's a good time right there. That is a really good time. In Colorado with Floyd, probably a lot of uh, Dylan and Dylan. Yeah, chilling probably, with Dylan and Dylan. Probably, probably a lot of party materials there. Mark Stringfellow, oh, Huntsville, yeah. Huntsville Hilton House gig in Huntsville, Alabama, in the late seventies. Okay. Curtis played supporting for uh, supporting Blackberry Smoke. It's cool. BK Drums just said depends. So I don't know what it depends on, but it depends. On something, according to him. Maybe he's referencing wearing depends. This way, you never have to leave to go to the bathroom. You just keep playing. That could be what he's saying. You know, I I no. hope that's what he's saying. Maybe Herb Harris opened for Jason Jason Aldean in Lafayette, Indiana, just right before he became really famous. He's a great performer. It was awesome, and also opened up for Helmbel Pie. Yeah, he's got a great band, Jason Aldean. Yeah. Uh, uh, Larry Mills said the cruise in at the new Carlisle Heritage of Flight Festival 12 years running. I don't know what that is either. Well, whatever it is, he's been doing it for 12 years and it's the best gig he's ever played. So, um, 12 yeah. years he's living his best life playing his best gigs. Love it. Kirk Romero said played the 3 p.m. afternoon spot on the Chevron stage for the French Quarter Festival in New Orleans. It was a sea of people. Yes, there are a sea of people at festivals in New Orleans. You will time. see a lot of people at festivals, Steve. Just look around. That's right. Uh, Sandor Schneck said Convention Hall in Asbury Park, which I'm not sure if I've been to or played. I've been there several times. Never played it, but um, that is a beautiful place to play. It's tiered. Um, like there's an upper balcony and a lower section and then the stage. Okay. Actually saw Terry Bozio there backstage. Hung out oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, more Dylan. Rob DeGoe said opening for Dylan Scott in a at a country fair here in Montana. I didn't even know that people lived in Montana. But they sure, do. man. They're rocking out all over the country, Steve. Come on. That's right. Paul Langley on a riverboat going up to Tennessee River for two hours and then back. <laughs> That's cool. I love playing when I love playing in motion. I played uh like on a float when you're in a parade. I've done that yeah. a bunch of times. That's always fun. 
Yeah, I've definitely played. Especially if uh, the guy driving is like 75 years old and not paying attention. He's just kind of herky-jerky and thing. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Vinny said definitely Paramount Theater in Seattle with Queensryche. Yeah, he, Vinny I, uh, won this yeah. contest. Vinny's a great singer. He's got a really high voice and uh, won this contest where he was able to uh, sing with Queensryche. Yeah. Back when Queensryche was a, a one band. Now they're Queensryche and Jeff Tate. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was cool. I went to the one he was at in Atlantic City, and I was I was actually playing in the same uh, hotel, but like downstairs by the bar with Wendy and Lisa. You know Wendy and Lisa. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Queensrÿche was playing that same night, and Vinny was there. Steve Rosenzweig was there, and I met uh, the bass player Eddie Jackson that night, and uh, that was that was a cool night. I, I barely remember anything about the gig I played, but I remember meeting Eddie Jackson and hanging out with those guys. That was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I was, when I was walking out, well, cause I hung out with them for a little bit. And so kind of, you know, we we're shooting the shit for a bit. So Eddie Jackson now knows me and he knows my name. And I told him, yeah, I'm, all, I'm down there. I'm playing. And then end of the night, I'm walking out and I'm uh, carrying my gear and wheeling my, my uh, cabinet. And I go, I pass him and like, I, I guess I didn't see him, but he saw me. And he, he's playing a table game and he's drinking. And he turns around, he's like, Steve, because <laughs> he sees me walking out with the bass. So did, you like, park, did you park your shit and go hang out with him? No, it was, I was with my girlfriend at the time, who was a nightmare, but um, different girl. They were all nightmares. <laughs> a different nightmare than the one I'm thinking they of. Were, they were all nightmares. But um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I had it. It was a long walk. I had to walk all through this long casino, and I had base. I had a bag with my like, cables and stuff, and I had a cabinet that was huge. I don't remember, you know, if you remember the cabinet. I used to, I used to have this big ampeg, and it was you couldn't carry it. It had casters on it, so you could wheel it. But I'm like wheeling this thing through the casino. I'm carrying my base. I'm carrying a bag, probably carrying my amp in my left hand, and so I couldn't. There was just no like but that was all your stuff in back. one trip, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was uh that was a that was a fun night. I remember that that was great. Uh Craig said, Isn't there a third Queen's Rick? I don't know. Potentially there might be. Scott Rockefeller, I think, has something going on, doesn't he? I don't know. When they lost to Garmo, it's like, come on, that's not really Queen's Rick anymore. He wasn't the whole band, but he- as soon as it's not the same guys and it's not Queensryche anymore, it's the chemistry, you know, you can replace and plug and play and it'll sound the same and, you know, you'll be able to get by with it and it'll be great representation, but it's not, you know, it's not going to be Queensryche like, unless you see them like in the flesh, you know, all of them creating right. music together that they wrote together. Yeah. You know? It's never going to happen. It's like Roger Waters and no, but it's like, David you always Gilmore. say it's like being in a cover band. You're just in a professional level cover band. You know, if you're a member of that, ba- if you're a member of some iteration of Queensryche and you're hired to play an instrument in that band, it's like playing with a cover band, but at a super high level, a tribute band rather, right? Yeah, like Foreigner, basically Foreigner is, yeah. Foreigner is now a Foreigner tribute band. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Uh, okay, yeah, back so to the answer, Steve. What do you got? Kirk Romero said open for Tracy Lawrence at a big club over a thousand people only been to play tone loke at a country concert. That's cool. <laughs> That's great. I would have loved to have been there to see that. Uh, and Ray Peralta just took it one step further. He said the last one and the next one. Yeah, there you go. So Got to like that. Um, Cedric L Cheney said millennium park in Chicago alongside Elton John. I was left dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. Alongside Elton John. What is that? Wow. So he was in the band with Elton John? I guess so. Alongside. He wasn't opening for or after or kind of with, you know, he was alongside him. Um, Yeah, I I can't tell what he plays here by looking at his thing. But he has. He plays alongside Elton John. He just said it. He's a a new, uh, but yeah, but what instrument? But he's a new, uh, (laughs) new cover band central member and he has a. The new members get this little hand. That's cool. Very cool. It's like a little applause. Like uh, Allison, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, there's more conversation going on about this. 
Yes. Good conversation's good, man. Communication's key. Yeah, he said it's one of the things I've always enjoyed about music and bands, the adventures. And we we say that a lot, and I agree. Oh yeah. Uh Anthony Pitt said opening for my favorite band of all time, 311, in my hometown of Austin, at the time to almost sold out crowd of four thousand plus. Well, nice. we got a video of it too. See, Anthony's putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah. Got the video. Should we watch it? Nice. Let me see if I could play it here on this screen. No, you, it's going to open another screen. It will. And then you'll be frozen, Steve. You'll be frozen again, Steve. Yes. Okay. Uh, Michael Alston, early 90s country music and line dancing exploded in the Pacific Northwest. And we were chosen to play a regional line dancing competition. By this time, we had opened for a couple national acts. It won first place out of a, about a dozen bands for a three-day event at the coast. Towards the end of the night, we were on break when the line dancing crowd was grooving to a recording of Buddy Guy's Superstar. The song and our break ended. We came back on stage and ripped into our cover of Superstar. And, we, and I remember looking around the room at all the slack jaws in the room when we left it all on stage that night. Cool. Excellent. That's a very specific memory that Michael Alston has. Yeah, it sure is. You know, that's good. Like I said, there's, a, there's a very, very large and wide criteria for what can define your best gig. That's right. Buddy Guy, by the way, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. I've seen Buddy Guy a few times. And the first time I saw him was back in the early 90s. And I was working for Sam Goody. I was a store manager and my district manager, basically my boss, was this guy, Mark Stone, who really took me under his wing when I was working for Sam Goody and, and helped me along. And he was a rocker. He was a guitar player to, you know, hobbyist guitar player. Um, but he was into rock music and he took me to a bunch of shows. He would get comps for shows like backstage passes for things. And right. Cause he works at Sam Goody. Yeah. It was, you Which, know, up there. I don't know. Sam Goody was like the, the chain music store. Yeah, it was for a while. It was the number one music retailer in the yes. country. Yeah, um, and he would take me. So he he would always get like a plus one, and he would take me to these shows. So I saw a lot of shows and got to meet like some stars, some famous people as a result. Yeah. But one of the, one of the shows that he took me to was Buddy Guy, and, and I'd never seen Buddy Guy. I'd never listened to his records at all. I was barely really into blues at that time, and it was a small venue in new york city um and this guy came out and just blew me away man he was he would stand like 10 feet back from the mic but he was still projecting and you could hear him in the room and you know he would walk around the room he was very engaging with the audience and uh, just the talent that spewed out of that man is unreal if you ever if you're into blues into guitar playing ever get a chance to go see buddy guy he still plays, so go see him. And I think he's got a place in Chicago too that is like Buddy his uh, his club. But man, oh man! I, so I've seen him a bunch of times since then, and that was what really what first got me into blues music. I hadn't really been into it before then. Um, so that's my Buddy Guy story. Excellent. Yes. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how you run into people in life that will introduce you or turn you on to different you know types of music or things that you hadn't experienced before you know i had a good friend of mine like that uh who passed away not too long ago and he, he was big into going to the city and seeing a lot of under underground bands like uh milo z before he was famous and uh you know just a, a whole bunch of different eclectic bands and music and just a different you know just being exposed to things that you wouldn't have otherwise been you know sought out on your own or been exposed to you know right yeah, there's a lot out there too. Nowadays, more than ever, you can find new music. Well, yeah, don't so, forget there was no YouTube back then. There was no, you know, internet. There was nothing. You know, it was all right. paper ads and word of mouth. Someone saying, "Hey, I know this band. You got to go check these guys out." And it was cool, you know, underground scene because you go to these clubs at like twelve thirty or one o'clock in the morning when the band was going on. You know what I mean? They were playing till like right. four, and right. the place was packed. You know, hundreds of people. Right whole different scene than it was in Jersey playing, you know, original and cover circuit. Yes. Um, AJ Malik said played a NASCAR event at Michigan in the international speedway. Uh, I wonder if they played sweet home Alabama hmm. at a NASCAR event. A lot of people for sure. In Michigan. 
Uh, Andrew Daniel said my next one. Uh, Jason Harlow, Madison Square Garden. Nice. Mrs. Madison had the cutest little garden where, oh, cutest little garden. Already set up and played wagon wheel to her cats. Great show. Uh-huh. <laughs> you had me there for a second, Jason. Yeah. And Marianne said opening for Horse Lips sold out art gig in Belfast, and Jim Lockhart joined us on stage. Cool. Uh, Mark's last gig. He said the last one we did about a week and a half ago. Nice. Yves went all in. All of them. Hmm. So each one is the best. Yeah. Robbie Young said the last one I do. Who knows when? So Robbie's still playing. Bill Burnside's is from 31 years ago. Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, 1980. I hope you get some more good gigs. Oh, and he also said Steel Valley van, van concerts in the 70s. Band concert. Eric Blundell with Randy Rhodes's brother and best friend, not once but twice. Cool. Wow. I guess Randy Rhodes's ro- brother is a guitar player. You would think. Maybe he's a drummer like Eddie and Alex. Maybe. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, Chuck Marshall Melton played an 80s set before Brett Michaels played before a Tampa Bay Rays game at Tropicana Field and in the courtyard of. Amelie, I don't know how to say that. Arena before a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Cool. Larry Lupo filled in for Mike Inez on bass on the Aussie No More Tears tour for three nights. There you go. Wow, that's a great gig, huh? No More Tears tour. That's going back. Yeah. But what a great tour to have been on, right? That was the Aussie's heyday back then. Yeah. That was Zach <laughs> Wilde on guitar. Yeah. So that was early 90s. And who was the drummer then? I don't know who was playing drums back then. It was probably Tommy Aldridge still. Yeah, he was on and off. Because he was on and off with other bands too, like White Snake. Yeah, that's true too. I'm trying to think who else played drums with Ozzy in the early 90s. Eric know. Singer maybe? Maybe. I'm thinking... Jeez, I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Uh, let me see if Alexa knows. Alexa, who played drums with Ozzy Osbourne on the No More Tears tour? Here's something I found on the web. According to wikipedia.org, Harry James played drums temporarily for half the tour as Jimmy Copley had taken ill. Did you catch that? Yeah. Got Jimmy Copley, that's right. Right. Alexa knows everything. Um, sure does. Uh, Ken Connolly said many, but I was born nervous. Or, uh, but I was born nervous or stage fright. Always give 150% impossible. The Queen Mary and Long Beach. They liked us. We were loud and the wall separating us and a disco machine dude. They moved the accord. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> <laughs> they moved the accordion wall and it was a huge my drummer learned from John Bonham record style my favorite friends my band fun paid in advance <laughs> sounds like a fantastic gig and I will have a drink with that guy for sure oh boy I'm just reading it folks yeah I'm reading what's there with punctuation and all. And where is that gentleman from? Does it say, or you don't know that? Uh, let's see. He's a meditator on, at On Earth, and <laughs> yes, he does. He studied electronics repair at music at the Long Beach City College Foundation and Alumni Association, wherever that is. Long Beach, that's California. And his avatar says "Happy New Year, 2021." So I'm guessing. Yes. He's not on Facebook a lot. I like that. Happy New Year 2021 was 11 months ago. Okay. Uh, Ken McKim said, not a big show, just a barn party for a narc anon bikers club. Was watching the crowd grinning back at me. It was the first time I'd ever felt a physical sensation of happiness yo-yoing from the crowd back to me. And it was wonderful. Other musicians I've talked to since have felt the same. Sure. That's That's why we do it, man. Yeah, absolutely. We we do it to get that connection. Oh, Ken Connell. 
Connolly has more to say. Let's see. He said, I was playing the Troubadour with four other bands. No one heard of Devo, Martha and the Martha and the Motels, a British new wave punk band. I think it was Martha and the well, Martha the Motels was Martha uh uh what the heck is her last name? Her name is Martha though. So maybe it was Martha and the Motels before. And uh, maybe it was that, okay. and they just called it the Motels. Maybe. I would have paid to watch after performing. I met Peter Frampton in the audience. He liked the song I wrote. Just seeing him talking to him in the 1970s, I couldn't any get any gig, and we had an audition. I felt we need exposure or an unimportant gig to test our new songs or really for me to calm down. I met an old high school friend. He said he was writing a movie called Phantasm. We jammed behind a church. He said, ask the preacher, dude. We played a terminal at Terminal Island Prison. There was a ministry there. We played with Aretha Franklin. Many famous fans entertained at prison for tax reasons or whatever. Wow, this guy's life is exciting. And I wonder if his friend, who was writing the movie Phantasm, is the actual, uh, you know, screenwriter behind the movie Phantasm because that was a real that was a movie. That was a big, yeah. It was a, yes, it was a popular horror film. Yeah. Um, so he's got King Connolly. He's got a lot of memories there. That yeah, that's he, good. See, that a he lot cherishes. of best. best can be anything, Steve. Could be. Uh, okay. Okay. Jim Harris and King Connolly started talking to each other. Um, Michael Tesoro, the Jersey Shore Boardwalk Club, 70s with a Chicago cover band. I was a 25-year-old single drummer using Use Your Imagination. Yeah. I mean, in the seventies, Jersey Shore was happening. I was only I was young then, but yeah, in Chicago I, was was big then too. Oh uh, yeah, huge in the yeah. 70s. So to be in a Chicago tribute band, I was forget about it. That's interesting because I didn't even know and even playing the best instrument. The guy's a drummer. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Come on. I didn't even know there were really tribute bands back that far back. You know, like the seventies. Well, he said a, a Chicago cover band. So it wasn't like a tribute band, but oh, it was just a band oh. that they probably just did all Chicago stuff, you know? Or maybe they were from Chicago. Maybe. Pete Tarkanish wasn't around yet, so he definitely didn't have them under his. Oh, he was around. He was just not he ready wasn't to promote bands yet. Not ready to spew his venom. Um, <laughs> Jim Harris said it was probably what was the one just recently. You can judge gigs in terms of money, exposure, the crowd, many things, but this was. Absolutely. A little private party with not that many folks there, but they all had so much fun, and in doing so, made us have more fun than any of us had had in years. I think the crowd makes the gig every time. Yeah, Jim, you got it, man. I mean, the crowd—it's—it's a—it's a shared experience. You know, it's not just the crowd makes the gig; it's you do and your your interaction with them and everything. Yeah, Craig, Martha Davis, thank you. There you go. And whether it's hundreds of gigs, Steve, or thousands of gigs, right? There's so many great memories from all those gigs that you can recall and recount. And like I said, whether it be the best that you were treated or the funniest thing you saw, or there's always something you can remember about gigs. You'd be like, oh, dude, I remember this story about a gig or that story about a gig. And there's hundreds of them because every, for whatever reason, you always encounter all kinds of interesting things when you're in a band. We just on that frequency of adventure, kind of, you know, because you're in a creative mindset. So it's organic and anything can be created at any given time, right? So, especially when you're creating music. So, it kind of lends itself to you're already ex exuding that energy and you're kind of attracting that, that whole, uh, you know, vibe of creativity. So it, it it's interesting to hear people's feedback on that. But, you know, as you and I have spoken about many times, there's just hundreds of stories of things that weren't even related to the gig, but you were going into the gig or something that happened in the elevator when you were going up with your equipment or whatever, you know? Right. But it's just it's such a great life experience to have been able to to live through these things and be able to recount them, you know? But it's just, it adds to the whole, you know, uh, enjoyment of life. Agreed. And people sharing their stories have spurred memories in me and in you too. Like, oh yeah, I, I had oh, yeah, I got like 50 stories right now that I want to unleash, but I'm going to go back. All right. Well, let's, let's see what else we got here. Um, John Karuna, Karuna, two hour live radio show in New York city with my 13 piece 
Five Horns Blues Rock Band in 2010. Best band I ever put together and started gigging in 1963. Way to go, wow, John. Yeah, John. Good run there. He's got a coffee cup because he's a conversation starter in the group. There you go. If, if you're not in the group, yeah. by the way, <laughs> come join the group. Come join the group, coverbandcentral.com slash groups slash coverbandcentral. I mean, Facebook.com slash groups slash coverbandcentral is uh, where these all these people are. Uh, Don Ennick actually was my first one, a festival with 250 people turnout. We had a great time, and it started my passion. So he remembers. Yeah, Don, started his passion. Great description right there. Yeah, and Eric simply Oberman said the very first one and everyone thereafter. Mm -hmm. uh, Rod, Ron Davidson, that's one's easy for me. The last night of my band in 1971, Gobbler's Knob at the Ridgely, West Virginia VFW. We were almost a Grateful Dead cover band, but we weren't. We were we just played a whole lot of the tunes from Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, and did them damn well. We had a faithful uh, yeah, core. had a great time doing them. Yeah, faithful core of about 150 of the local hippies, and they were all there that night, hooting and hollering. He's got it all on tape, but it was so much fun. Can't ever be duplicated. Cool. Dan Dewey said, always the last one. Vince Park, sound supplied on a tractor trailer at a pig roast with an impromptu wet t-shirt contest. Gonna need to see pictures of this, Vince. I don't believe you, so let's... Yeah, no, definitely. Because I really would want to see that pig roast. Um, Aiden McCallion, New Year's Eve in a tiny pub in Donegal, Ireland. I was drumming and also singing a few songs like Killing in the Name of, which we played at midnight, and everyone in this tiny packed pub was fucking jumping. Top three moments of my life. Magical. So that's three Irelands tonight, right? Yeah, this we got a, we got a lot of people. The first guy. We yeah. got a lot of people in Europe. We got a lot of people in uh, Australia as well. Um, and Justin Michael Adams said, outside party in the middle of cornfields in Indiana. I think I need to refresh to get more. That's cool, though. So it was 27 minutes ago. Let's see. All right. So, yeah. All right. That's it. That's all we got. I should have put this uh, question up sooner. Hey, but yeah. listen. We're, you know, we're winding down. We we got a good amount of answers. It just goes to show that the audience is, you know, varied and their responses to what they are. But generally, you know, all you know, fond memories and great stories and recollections and and super positivity, right? Like think about these, you know, a lot of the answers of of last and next, you know, and just best gigs, you know, still coming. And you know, that's why I said best could be so many different things, Steve. You have so many different memories of so many different gigs or something that struck you, you know, like think of something like what's one thing right now you can think of that not like your best gig or anything, but something that struck you when you were on stage where you're like, I'll never forget, like looking out into the crowd and 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 this happening. Oh, Good, boy. bad, and different, you know, even a feeling you got or like where you were just like, yeah, like this is. I was meant to do this, you know, or like a, a moment, like, you know, what's a moment that you've had on stage? Again, that could be anything. Well, one that definitely comes to mind is one. And I told the story to you right after it happened. We were doing the, the podcast. Sorry. There's a fruit fly. There's always a fruit fly. Like one. Ah, um, yeah, lose the fruit fly, Steve. Uh, we were playing at the swamp in, uh, New Orleans on Bourbon Street, and the stage faces the street, and it's the stage is well into the club, but it's facing the street, and there's a big open window where you could see Bourbon Street, you'd see people walking by and stuff from the stage, and uh, it was you know three four years ago now probably, uh, and uh, uh, Jazz Fest was that weekend, the coming weekend, and we see this guy in the window, people were people because people would stop by and watch us from outside and some would come up like right up to the window and kind of lean in and we see this guy and uh we're looking at and tracy go my singer said that that's steven tyler and i'm like no that's like because i'm a little nearsighted and i'm like it, it looks like it looked like a guy who was trying to pretend to be steven tyler to me 
And I'm thinking like Stephen Todd is not going to be walking up and down Bourbon Street. You know, he's a big rock star. And uh, then we found out later that it was Steven Tyler. He he went to a club down the street and got up and sang. And, uh, you know, friends of ours were telling the story on Facebook. So Steven Tyler sat and watched a song and a half, watched us play. So as many times as I've seen Aerosmith, now I know that Steven Tyler has seen me play. So that was pretty cool. That's Very one cool. thing I remember, yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of his and the band. Um, so how about you? You got one? I can think back to when we first started playing with Eye the Storm. We were all original band. Uh, great chemistry. You know, we wrote a bunch of music together. You know, lifelong friends. And at, we were playing the Cricket Club in Irvington. And it was probably early 90s, and we were, the, we were the only band on the venue. There was probably, you know, three or four bands, and American Angel was the headliner. And I we played with them many times. And we were going on right before them. And we were, at the time, we had sequencers, and we were, you know, triggering things, and we played to a click, and we had all this technology that no one else had. And I can just remember at one point in the night, and we were all original, no covers, the only cover we played was Symptom of the Universe by Black Sabbath. Sabbath, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, the whole set was all original. And I remember looking out at one point, and there was probably, you know, I think 1,500 people in the room upstairs. It was like to capacity, packed out. And, you know, we were playing through the, the house sound, house PA, house lights. And at one point, we were playing, and we had all the sequencers going, and the lights were going, and the lights just blasted on to the crowd. And there was, you know, everybody in the house was just standing there looking at the band, like just captivated. There was no one talking. There was no like conversations. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those moments where I just remember looking out and scanning like the room and everybody was watching us, you know, and it was like that was a highlight of our young life. I was probably in my mid 20s, you know. Okay. But that's a, a moment I do remember looking out and being like, wow, that, that's pretty cool validation for what we were doing at the time. Yeah, we believed in it, and it was the first big validation of wide scale where people were actually you know, paying attention to it. That's awesome. It's, a, it's such a weird feeling. If, if you haven't done it before, I, I mean, I'm so used to it, but I can remember when I was really young being on stages where I'm playing to big packed rooms, and I remember thinking, like people watching – and I'm just kind of thinking to myself, like, what What are you looking at? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm here you're on the stage entertainment. That's right. Yeah, you're that's up right. in front. Sure. Because normally you don't just go around in life and have a thousand people just looking at you. You know, that doesn't right. happen. But if you're on stage, that's the kind of a thing that happens. Yeah. And if you're peeing on somebody, there's probably hundreds of thousands of people watching. Right, right. And, you, you know, and you're getting kids, media coverage. Kids, do not do that. Do not. Don't do that emulate what this woman did please i don't want this to be a trend no urine on stage it is disgusting it stinks it's probably sticky um and it's unsanitary and it's not there's no and, and like the guy said at the beginning of the show you're in trouble that's right you're in trouble so don't especially don't guys trouble. especially guys because you don't want to be whipping that thing up don't do uh, that. It's just not a good look. No, it's not a good <laughs> look. It's not an attractive thing. Definitely not. Um, all right. If you want to uh, join the club, join the party, go where the cool kids yeah. go. CurvetCentral.com is the place. Sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free. Free, free, free. And it will always be. And there's so much cool stuff on there. You can do that. And please um, follow our channel on YouTube. The link is in the description Caravan Central on YouTube. That's where all these videos are. When we go live, you'll get a notification so you don't miss a show. And you can go back and watch the old ones and the, all the other cool video that's on there on the and site. And you want to get in now, Steve, right? Because get in now. You, you want to skate to where the puck is going, not where it has been. That's right. It's like Bitcoin. Get in now. Right. Go. Um, and Get on board. And yes. It's and keep stuff. rocking. Be safe uh, during this holiday season. Get out there, play some shows, make some money. Make oh, 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 Stevie! Make a new best gig ever, and we will see you next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 